It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Jackson Robottom. Very high and just left of it. Shot. It's about to come full circle. Harper Town is the family paradise. Uh, yeah, I think I can retire now. Um, yeah, this this one is the one that I've always wanted to win. Um, any golf tournament, you know, uh, other other than the majors, of course. You know, there, there isn't a higher one on my list than to win this one. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the truth. My, my family can tell you that, and my friends can tell you the same thing. This place is just a special place for me, and, um, you know, means the world to have won it. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Good morning. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Mr. Jackson Robottom with you right here on The Ref. Well, uh, you buying, selling right off the top there. Good morning, everybody. Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, the champion a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, last week we weren't with you with the uh, OU spring game going on. But uh, Matt Fitzpatrick in a playoff over Jordan Spieth at the uh, RBC Heritage, he uh, he wins it out there. Brian, are you buying or selling that uh, that is the event non-major more than any other event that Matt Fitzpatrick wanted to win? I'm not buying that at all, right? Who wouldn't want to win the Players' Championship? That's got to be at the top of the list, right? I would think so. I would think so, but... Uh, Hey, it was a, a heck of a victory for him, for uh, Fitzpatrick there. Held off uh, the defending champion right in Jordan Spieth in the playoffs. So what, what did you make, Jackson? First off, uh, good morning, by the way. Would help if I pot your microphone uh, up there, but good well, morning. Well, let's see if it works. There we go. Now we're working. All right. No, it was a – well, good morning again to you. It was a very good tournament. The RBC Heritage, I know we kind of had our, our doubts about whether this – should be an elevated event, whether it shouldn't be, but that's neither here nor there for this com- conversation because it 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 gave us some very 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 dramatic golf, and Jordan Spieth, I mean he snatched defeat from the jaws of victory right there, uh, and I say that uh, fully aware of what I said, and man Matthew Fitzpatrick just went out and stole it from him on the third playoff hole, stuck it to a foot, I mean Fitzpatrick played absolutely phenomenal. He looked for a second. Like it was going to be Cantlay and Spieth again uh, going into that playoff for the second year in a row. That would have been pretty dramatic in and of itself. But 
Jordan Spieth ended up missing that putt on the on the second playoff hole, that 10-footer. I mean, nobody knew why that didn't drop in because uh, it was dying in the hole. And for some reason, the golf gods just said, it's not your time right now. It's, it's Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick went in there, and he took care of business. He, he got the gift he was given. And he, he came out, and I'm starting to become a bit of a Fitzpatrick believer. I Certainly more than where we started the year at. I can... I mean, he's really coming into his own. Sixth-ranked player in the world. I can, I can believe that he's really starting to come into his own here on the tour. Let this mull around for just a moment, Brian. One of the uh, top golf follows out there, Kyle Porter, has uh, built himself into a little bit of an army in the, uh, the golf world. And anyways, one of the things that he tweeted out immediately after Fitzpatrick won this uh, event was, hey, what's your – golf take out there that's maybe a little bit crazy but you genuinely believe it so let let that kind of mull around out there and we'll we'll get to that bottom of this hour at some point golf take that might just be a little bit crazy but you believe it and I say that because Kyle Porter's was this he thinks that Matt Fitzpatrick at some point is going to be the number one player in the world now he's not that far off right now Brian what do you make of that well, I think he's got the talent, guys. I, you know, I would sure love to hook him up with orthodontics exclusively and Dr. Tim Shannon, right? I mean, what is it with these bureaus, right? Um, and they didn't have to endure, you know, Patrick Cantlay, right? He actually played at a reasonable pace. But, hey, Fitzpatrick's shown that he can win a major. He tends to win on courses he likes, so I've got to see it on courses that, that he doesn't just love. So, Jackson, what what do you feel? I think you I think there's some reason to what you're saying, Brian, because one of the things about Matthew Fitzpatrick is he's a very technical golfer. He very much relies on his technique. As long as his technique is there, he's going to be able to perform reasonably anywhere and especially well on the courses that suit his eye for his technique. But as soon as that technique starts to go south, it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to really get around. So it's a matter of it will either be he becomes the best player in the world for the Scotty Scheffler reason and the fact that he's consistent, or he's going to start a downward track that's going to be very hard to recover from. And I don't think there will be any in between. But as far as could he be the number one player in the world, absolutely. If his technique and form stays up, and if he is as focused and dialed in as he has been over the past year and a half, I mean, winning an elevated event, winning a major we're, we're going to be talking about Matthew Fitzpatrick for quite some time, and it will be in the top five players in the world and potentially even the top one, Josh. So how serious of a factor? I mean, now we're just – the thing that I love about this reworked PGA schedule in terms of the majors is there's just not that lull in between the Masters into the next major championship. I mean, we're a couple weeks away from the PGA championship, and then you got a month in there, and it'll be the U.S. Open – and then uh, the the Open Championship after that. So, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian, are, are you buying big factor in this upcoming major? No, I think he ha- I think he's playing really well. I think he will be a factor. I don't expect him to win it though. I uh, I expect another great showing from our live golfers. I'll just be honest with you. Is there anybody, you know? hotter than Gooch. I'm not even sure if Gooch is even in the field, but I hope he is. Well, that's another topic of discussion as well, is that 
you know, Taylor Gooch, because of his eligibility status, isn't playing in the U.S. Open. I mean, that was a big talking point uh, throughout the week, and that kind of made some local news. But Brian is once again on to something. Taylor Gooch, I mean, he fired, what was it, two sixty ones during the during the previous during the previous live event. He went out and just ran away with it. At one point, he was ten shots ahead of the field after two rounds. I mean, he is playing phenomenal golf, and you know the the, the leaderboard is pulled up right now. He's right there. He's tied for first with Sergio uh, there in Singapore right now. And th- this guy is playing absolutely insane. I haven't gotten an official list for the live players who are going to be playing in the PGA Championship, but they're, don't sleep on them. I mean, if the Masters proved anything in the way that these guys are coming out now, they've got a really good shot, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't count them out, not at all. How about this leaderboard? Yeah, this the uh, live golf event this week from Singapore – Right now, Sergio Garcia, Taylor Gooch tied atop the board, 13 under par. Brooks Kepka's one shot back. And then you've got uh, Cam Smith a couple of shots behind that. Phil Mickelson, only three off the pace. So, man, this is what I'm talking about right here, Brian. That's the kind of leaderboard you want. No, that, that leaderboard will definitely drive some viewership, correct? I mean, you're, you're seeing some of the – the guys that they paid the big money to finally get their game in order and play the way you'd hope they'd play, right? Jackson, I mean, I, you know, when they gave all that money, I, I know they know he's towards the tail end of his competitive career, but they weren't giving him that money simply just go out there and wave to the crowd. They, they thought he'd have a few good events in him, and he's shown so far that he has, and I'm not so certain that since he's lost all this weight that he doesn't have four or five more good years of competitive golf in him. And and Phil is so elastic with his swing. It's so loose. I mean, he doesn't look. I mean, he's aged like a fine wine as to, in terms of his golf swing. I mean, he is just as loose as he ever been. He's driving it as far as he ever has, and he had a phenomenal shot in round one to take the outright lead. I mean, he holed out for eagle from the fairway from about 100, 125 yards somewhere in there. Phil Mickelson is not a down and out golfer. This is a guy who can still go out and compete on his best day. The one that makes me the happiest to see, like him, love him, doesn't matter. His game is phenomenal. Brooks Kapka. I mean, the Masters and then coming in to this week in Singapore, he's one off the pace. Sergio Garcia seems to have found some putting. And so all of these guys who you were trying to draw and get to play well, they're finally playing well. And you're you're starting to get the recognition you want out there, and you're getting you're drawing some of the biggest names in the not just in golf to the entertainment industry out there. The concert that they have out there, Chainsmokers is headlining. Like you're getting some big names out there to go out and perform, and so it's getting some international attention now, and it's not for no reason. These guys are serious. These guys are taking it very very seriously, and in majors they're going to want to go out and compete, not just be there for show. Well. Our first major championship of the year, though Brooks Kepka does not does not manage to outduel John Rahm uh, in in the final round. Really, just the uh, the third round into the final round wasn't uh, who he was throughout the rest of the the week at Augusta National. But you know what? the The week before his win in Orlando did did set the stage for him to go play well at Augusta National. And you know where uh, the Live Tour is going to be. Right before the PGA Championship, gentlemen. Right here in Tulsa, right? That's it. That's it. Down in Tulsa the uh, the week before the PGA Championship. So that, Brian, is going to be a ton of fun. No, it's going to be great. And, 
you know, it's so incredible to get one of those events to Oklahoma. And then not only that, we back it up with a few weeks later, we've got a corn fairy event right down at Jimmy Austin. I mean, how good's that? It's a good time for the Gimme Zone. <laughs> That's for sure. It gives us a lot to talk about. And it's, it's it ho- I mean, wow. It's going to be an exciting time for Oklahoma, Josh. So much going on in the world of golf. Let's uh, let's deep dive a little bit more on this uh, win recently for Taylor Gooch. Uh, what's going on, uh, obviously, at this live event this week. And then uh, we've got the, the Mexico Open in progress as well. All of that and more, your calls, your texts right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref as we uh, tick-tock away toward another major championship not too uh, far down the road for us. Just underway, it's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. Back with you, it's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. Morning, everybody. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Mr. Jackson Robottom. Trying to find the uh, good, neat little list for you here for the uh, live golfers that will be eligible in the uh, PGA Championship. Uh, Former champions, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Koepka, Martin Keimer, along with winners of the other major championships for the past five years, winners of the Players' Championship the past three years, and uh, those that finished in the top 15 at last year's championship, so that's Mito Pereira and Brendan Steele, they're all playing in the PGA Championship. So whatever that adds up to, whenever we can compile that list, that's who's going to the PGA Championship from the uh, the Live Tour. So a nice little group that will be uh, a part of the PGA Championship. I still think we, we just need – some form or finality to this uh, before this year is over. I'd really like to see the Live Tour get world golf rankings points because the, the longer this thing goes along, Brian, eventually we we reach that fork in the road to where some of the, the best golfers in the world are not going to be part of major championships next season and beyond, and I don't think golf fans want that. No. He went down two slots after he won the Live event last week. How does that make any sense, right? And I did just get word from his manager, Kelsey Klein, that, yes, he is in the PGA field. So watch out, folks. He might just go get the W. But, Josh, on your point, this is setting golf back. Jay Monahan needs to figure it out. This is not helping the game of golf at all. This is great, you know, essentially creating the good old boys club. Jackson, thoughts? Well, I was, I mean, you, you about answered my question. But I'm going to come back to you here in just a second. Is it, is it one of those things, at least from my perspective, it seems to me like Jay Monahan, the administration at the PGA, just needs to bite the bullet and let them play in the majors. If they don't want to play in the PGA events, okay. Elevate and get your better players in those events so you can have your kind of side-by-side, your, your sister, I guess you might call players – and get all of your better players playing in these what you consider elevated events. That way you can rival the live as far as best players go, and then just let them all play in the majors. I, th- I think, Brian, that's what needs to happen is they just need to bite the bullet because once the PGA just accepts that the live guys are going to be here, they're going to be here to stay, they'll draw more viewers to majors because they're all still PGA-sanctioned by and large. And so it it makes more sense to me to just let them do their own thing. I mean, 
okay. Don't let them play in the regular PGA events. Don't let them play in the elevated events. They seem to have their own. But at least for majors, I mean, th- does it make sense to just put the beef aside for a viewer standpoint, Brian? Well, guys, the problem with it is the criteria that all the majors use to determine the field is so predicated on being a major past winner within a certain time period or being XYZ top you know, rated in world golf rankings. And without the world golf rankings, they're all going to fall out. And so the only ones that you're going to have in the field are the ones that have qualified via major winners in the past or finished in the top, you know, 15 like Mito Crow did. And that's wrong. I'm just telling you. And, and I know that one of the local guys in our media put out a tweet about Taylor Gooch, and he got body bagged. Many, many vocal fans are like, nope, they should take their medicine. I disagree. They need to be in the field. They're some of the top players in the world, and it's time for cooler heads to prevail. Well, it's just – just not good for the game to to have some of the best players in the world not playing. Look, uh, you know, strictly PGA Tour events, hey, I, I got it. Elevated events, if you want to bar the doors on that, I, I get that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really uh I wouldn't really argue with the PGA Tour on that because hey, you, you make your bed, you sleep in it, right? When it comes to elevated events on the PGA Tour. I, I get that. But uh major championships, the Official world golf ranking not recognizing what's going on in the live tour. We we have to get that corrected going forward. It's just not good for the game of golf for these uh, great golfers to not be in major championships coming down the road. And Taylor Gooch dropped two spots in the official world golf ranking after winning. It just doesn't make any sense. That's that's crazy talk. But hopefully uh, there's any sort of positive movement there before this summer uh, comes to a close. Speaking of Taylor Gooch, here he was. <laughs> Things that need to improve. The, uh, with all due respect, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the live tour, but uh, my goodness, these uh, press conferences, can we, can we just set up the lectern and have these guys sit up there or typical press conference format? But at any rate, I digress. Here was Taylor Gooch after uh, capturing the victory in Adelaide. I, I think golf is just really hard. It, uh, it's hard to, to put back-to-back days together like I did and even harder to do it three times in a row. So, you know, I actually played fine out there today. I, it, the golf gods, I think, said, you know, we don't want this first win to be easy on you. Uh, I had a couple, you know, bad breaks here and there. And so it made things interesting. Uh, but it was, it was cool to kind of, you know, overcome the adversity and, and dig deep. After I made a double on number 10, I, I was kind of a, a point of, you know, we're either going to dig deep and do this or you're going to stumble coming in. So it was cool to, you know, dig deep and, and get the job done. Taylor, you've been with us from the beginning and you've been knocking on this door for so long. There's been so many times where, you know, you were you were right there. How does it feel to, to get on the podium and get that first place win today? Uh, incredible and, and even more special with my caddy being from Australia. Uh, we've been, you know, looking forward to this tournament for so long and um, I, I couldn't have picked a more fun, uh, a more meaningful tournament to win on live than, than here in, in Australia in front of the, the greatest crowds we've had, the greatest environment we've had. The course is phenomenal. I mean, every, everything about it was, was just first class. And uh, like I said, just that much more special with my caddy being from Australia and getting him a, a win here in, in his home, home country. So very cool. Getting a win uh, for the caddy on the home turf. 
again, I just feel bad for Taylor Gooch. Can we can we get him a table where he could set that trophy down and enjoy this press conference? He looks like he's hard at work there, Jackson. It looks like he's trying to get into some rows. I mean, that thing looks like it's 40 pounds. Good grief. It's I mean, a cool it's, trophy. It's like holding the Wanamaker trophy for the PGA Championship, honestly. <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Taylor Gooch absolutely deserved it, though, man. He's been paying his dues. It's been a long time coming for him on on any professional tour just because he, he is so good. And I know that he he worked with for a long time. Don't know if he still does. Um, worked with actually local coach out here, Steve Ball, for, for, for quite some time. And so Oklahoma boy, uh, Oklahoma State grad, and just a very likable guy. And you can very clearly see uh, in the interview just how joyful he is at the opportunity to win out there, string together two very, very good days. And like Brian said, this is one of the hottest golfers in the world right now. I mean, look at him, strung together two six. It was 62s, excuse me. I think I said 61s earlier in the show. But he fired two 62s and a 73. Didn't play bad golf, just a couple of errors on the final day to, to take home a win. Brian, this is this is the guy to watch right now. I mean, let's be real. He's the one that's coming on. He's the one that I think, especially going into the PGA, as far as the live guys go, he's got to be one of the favorites. Am I right, Brian? Well, I would think he would be, especially if he wins this week again, which he's, you know, one round away, I mean, from doing. And if it, if it gets down to a head-to-head match with him and Sergio, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Taylor Gooch all day long. But, you know, this is – Golf has got to figure this out because at some point you're going to have whatever number of fans there are for live, and it's more than the PGA wants to acknowledge, are going to say, you know, a year or two years from now, none of these guys are in the majors. This makes no sense. Let's get the best players playing against each other. And, you know, in essence, I think what you'd force the live to do at that point is to have their own majors, right? They could. They certainly could. I mean, when you're living in a world where feel however you want to feel about the the live versus PGA Tour debate, Taylor Gooch just won an event that was worth $4 million to the winner because he beat some of the world's best golfers uh, down at Adelaide. And this is someone that now all of a sudden is because they tweaked something, he's not going to be able to play the U.S. Open. I mean, explain to me how that's going to make any sense at all. That somebody that just beat some of the world's greatest golfers is not going to play in uh, one of the flagship events in the world of golf. You want your best golfers in those events. It just it doesn't make any sense. I hope that the U.S. Open comes to their senses beforehand. There's still time for that. There's still time for the U.S. Open to say, you know what, regardless of whatever stipulations look like for entry into this U.S. Open, this major championship, we need Taylor Gooch to be a part of it. I urge the U.S. Open, come to your senses, let him in, let him play the major championship, because it's just it just doesn't make sense for him not to be there, Brian. Well, I mean, especially, it's a lot of egg on their face. What if he wins this week and then maybe even next week or the, the next event, you know, in Oklahoma? I mean, you're telling me a guy that's won three times, potentially, you're going to say, yeah, you're not quite good enough for us. Oh, and by the way, the announcement was so late that you couldn't get in – and qualified through the local qualifying anyway, so it was a double whammy, you know. And that was strategically done on my part, and and again, very weak sauce by the USGA. Yeah, it's frustrating to see that. 
the uh, pivoting gears here a little bit. The uh, the summer is going to be fun here in Norman. We're looking forward to it. We have the uh, advance official Scotty Crothamel that we've talked to uh, to preview the the Corn Ferry Tour event coming to uh, Norman, Oklahoma at the Jimmy. Let's uh, let's hear from Scotty Crothamel coming up just around the corner right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the Ref. Uh, busy busy morning. We've got uh, coming up next hour as well. We've got uh, Ben Lorenz, the Sooners, Brian, red hot. The Sooners back-to-back Big 12 champions. No big deal. That's just what Coach Hibble and the crew does out there for the uh, the Sooners. So Ben Lorenz is uh, set to join us in, well, about an hour from now. Taking a timeout, Scotty Crothamel, the advance official from the, uh, well, from the Corn Ferry Tour, coming to Jimmy Austin this summer, joins us next on the Gimme Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zone right here on the rep. Scotty Crothamel joins us, one of the rules officials that will be on site at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club come this June for the Compliance Solutions Championship. Scotty, uh, first off, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Just take us through what does a what does a normal week look like for you? Well, so I'll show up uh, in advance. So uh, myself and one other tournament referee will come in. Uh, a whole week before and just kind of get everything ready um, for tournament week. So, you know, a lot of that uh, working with our agronomist and the superintendent, you know, getting the golf course conditioning where we want it, um, working with the tournament, you know, on the build out, um, scoreboard locations, marking the golf course, um, getting ready for the the two pro-ams that they're going to have early on in tournament week. And then also working uh, with the local PGA section for the Monday qualifying, um, which is at two sites and gives guys a chance to, you know, qualify the week of for eight spots into the tournament. What are some situations that typically arise that as an advance official, you, you have to be prepared for? Well, that varies. I mean, with this being a new tournament on the schedule, you know, it's our first time there. Uh, we did a site visit. A couple months ago, you know, got on the ground, got to see the golf course. Um, you know, with the course being, you know, dormant at the time, uh, it'll look a lot different uh, when we show up in June. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of different people involved. You know, like I mentioned with our agronomist, you know, he really takes things on from a from a course standpoint uh, leading up. But, you know, things we looked at in our site visit. You know, again, like I touched on earlier, you know, where the where the hospitality build is going to be, uh, where the scoreboards are going to be located on course, you know, trying to find locations where they're, you know, obviously visible for the spectators, but out of play, you know, minimize the rulings um, during the competition, things like that. And then just course marking. Um, you know, we may mark it differently. You know, we looked at some things that we'll mark it differently for this tournament than maybe they mark it for their daily play, you know, penalty areas, things like that. So being the first time around, probably a little bit uh, more goes into it uh, from that standpoint of just kind of, you know, getting things dialed in to how, how we would want. And then, you know, moving forward, we have a blueprint um, from the previous year. So it'd be a lot of fun uh, being a new event to, to kind of build it from the ground up. Well, like you said, not uh, 
not in season, if you will, at Jimmy Austin when you, you first laid eyes on the course, but what are, you, what are your initial impressions? What do you think of Jimmy Austin? Well, I was really impressed with it. I think, I think it really has a chance to be, you know, one of the player favorites on, on this tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, lengthwise, it stretches out to over 7,500 yards. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging layout. You know, there's a lot of different ways we could set it up. You know, in June, we're hoping, you know, for good weather, uh, get some firm, fast conditions, and uh, it's it's a real test. I mean, they've hosted some big events before, you know, obviously a lot of college events. Uh, they've held a couple of USGA public links championships. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a competitive test where we can do a lot of different things um, to, to challenge the players. What goes into some of those conversations, Scotty, where you say, okay, yes, this is the direction we want to head. We want a, a penalty here or there. What are those conversations like, and, and how do you kind of arrive at your final destination of where you want penalty areas to be and just how you want a tournament to play out? Well, the penalty area is what comes into play at, at Jimmy Austin is a, a creek that runs through the middle of the golf course, so it comes into play on multiple holes. Um, you know, we try to – we try to mark that in a way I think currently they have a lot of yellow, you know, penalty areas, which, you know, there's yellow and there's red and the relief procedures are a little bit different. You know, with this caliber of player looking where that Creek crosses certain holes, you know, that's where I mentioned we may mark it different. Um, it's just from a competitive standpoint, you know, how the players are going to play the golf course. It, you know, it makes more sense one way or the other for this, you know, top level of player. So, um, and then just really, you know, the boundaries, those are things we, we pay attention to, you know, when we come in, um, give golfers, you know, as much golf course as they can, but obviously there's, you know, perimeter roads and fences and, and things like that. So really just trying to, from a rule standpoint, have everything buttoned up. Um, so we're ready to do our job during the, during the tournament. So then the, the week of the tournament, what does it look like for you? What does your role look like? And, and how fun is that? Uh, it's a lot of fun. So being an advance official, you know, you're kind of the kind of the liaison between the other officials, the tournament staff, you know, our player relations, our agronomist, you know, media, all the different uh, people that come in to, to make the tournament run. From a, We'll have eight tournament referees on site. Um, one person will be assigned the front nine, one on the back nine for course setup. So we kind of rotate that through um, our staff. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of fun to, to go out and set the whole location, set the tees. And, and um, so, like I said, that kind of rotates through. But we'll have eight officials on site for the week. Uh, we usually kind of split that up, you know, four on the front, four on the back, get good coverage um, where we can, you know, assist the players as needed. What are some of the situations that the officials working this tournament, what are typical situations that a rules situation that they might run into? Uh, yeah, good question. That varies a little bit uh, on different golf courses. You know, I think on this golf course, mentioning the Creek, you know, there'll probably be a lot of, you know, penalty area relief, things like that. Um, you know, a lot of what we do is pace to play, you know, keeping, keeping groups moving. We've got a lot of players to get around. Fortunately, 
you know, this event being in June, we've got, you know, we've got a lot more daylight than we do early in the season or late in the season. So that, uh, that's a big benefit. You know, there's a lot of rounds we don't finish on Thursday and Friday before the cut. Um, so as we get into this section of the schedule, um, that's a big benefit. You know, we don't have to worry about daylight getting 156 players around the course on, on Thursday and Friday. What does your your schedule look like? You, you're very busy, the Corn Ferry Tour, you're, you're traveling. What does a year in the life of Scotty look like for us? Um, well, yeah, it's very busy. It, it changes a little bit year to year. Um, this year with the changes to the schedule uh, with Q School, uh, Q School finals are now going to be played uh, in mid-December. So that's a little bit different in years past. Um, we've finished in November. So the schedule is a little bit more spread out this year. So in the, you know, we, we travel, you know, roughly 26 weeks a year to tournaments. Um, so going a little bit later in the year, that provides a little bit uh, more spread out, you know, breaks in between events. Um, like I said, you know, we have eight officials typically per site. Um, so we're not going to every event on the calendar, but we also help out with some PGA Tour events. So uh, this year I have five PGA Tour events that I'm working in addition to our Corn Ferry tournaments. And then um, we have a lot of first stage, uh, second stage Q School uh, as we get into the fall leading up to the finals. Talking with Scotty Crothamel, one of the advanced officials for the Compliance Solutions Championship coming to Jimmy Austin in June. I I'm curious to just look at your situation and I say, Man, that's got to be so cool. So what, what are some of the most fun parts that you've gotten to be a part of over the, the course of your career? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something I love. Um, you know, the travel's great. It's, this job's taken me to a lot of to great cities and countries. You know, we have some international travel to kick off our season. Um, that's a lot of fun. I started the event or uh, started the year in Exuma, Bahamas, for a couple weeks. You know, that's never a bad place to to have to go to Exuma, uh, leave Seattle in early January. Um, so that's a lot of fun. But, you know, just, uh, you know, the people that you meet along the way, there's so many people involved in these communities. Um, you know, the, the charitable organizations that we give back to, you know, just seeing communities really wrap themselves around an event and, you know, get the benefit from that. Um, it, it's it's fun, it's rewarding, and uh, like I said, every week's a little bit different, and uh, it, it is. It, it's fun. It's a lot of work, but uh, I wouldn't trade it. Scotty, for the fans that are driving around today listening to the Gimme Zone, and they're, oh, wow, there's a Corn Ferry Tour event coming to Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club in, in Norman, Oklahoma. We've been spreading the good word, if you will, about the type of uh, quality of golfer that they'll get to see, but could you speak to that? I mean, just how good is the golf? that folks in, in Norman, Oklahoma, how good is it that they're going to be able to see? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I would definitely recommend coming out and taking a look if you're a golf fan. It's, it gets more and more competitive every year. Um, you look at some of the names, you know, Scotty Scheffler, uh, number one in the world, or, you know, was. You know, he, he started here, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young. A lot of these guys you're watching, you know, on the weekend on PGA Tour events, week in and week out. Uh, they all started here. So, you know, 
we've got a lot of great players right now, um, but, it, you know, trying to find that, that next superstar, you know, it's, he's definitely out there. And, uh, you know, you can get an up, up close and, and personal look at these guys. You know, just last week uh, down in, in Texas, we had a Monday qualifier win, Spencer Levine. So, you know, he went out the Monday of tournament week. I think he shot eight under par. It took eight under to get in one of the four spots. And uh, he went on to win the tournament. So, you know, there's just there's so many great players, and uh, it's very very competitive. And these guys are these guys are good. They hit it a long way. They they're not afraid of any hole location, and uh, they can they can shoot some scores. That's the cool thing about golf is, oftentimes week to week you just don't know what you're going to get in terms of a, a story perspective and. I'm sure uh, that that will hold true for the Compliance Solutions Championship, too. But, hey, Scotty, thanks so much for sharing a little bit with us about just what the life, the role of an advance official looks like and uh, some of your thoughts on Jimmy Austin. And uh, I'll join uh, my co-host here just in saying, hey, we can't wait to welcome you to Norman, Oklahoma. But thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for spreading the word. Look forward to uh, hopefully having you out in June and getting a chance to meet you. Back with it, it's the Gimme Zone, closing up our number one right here on the ref on this Saturday. Big thank you to Scotty Crothamel, the advance official for the Compliance Solutions Championship. Uh, probably a world that most don't typically think about, Brian, but believe it or not, I- integral to the uh, success or failure of a golf tournament. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the uh, way the golf course is set up can really go a long ways to determine, you know, who's going to win the golf tournament. So I think from that perspective, those folks are uh, very important. And getting those penalty errors marked correctly, too, so you don't have a lot of uh, delays in play waiting for a ruling. Those can really expedite getting everybody through, especially, you know, those first two rounds before you get to the cut. Do either of you have any pressing thoughts that you need to share from the Zurich Classic no, we didn't get to talk about the Zurich Classic. Scheffler and Cantley didn't win. That's about it. Davis Riley and uh, I forget his first name, but Hardy ended up taking it from behind, doing a very good job. Nick Hardy, right? Nick Hardy, that's right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, did a great job. Come from behind victory, and they pull out both of their first wins on the PGA Tour. So it was a good week for them. Uh, do wish there was a little bit more drama on the weekend, but I'm sure – Riley and Hardy uh, went home in, in stride celebrating their first win, and they're going to be having two more years on the tour now. So Tony Finau leads at the Mexico Open. How much does this move the uh, the needle for both of you? Brian, uh, Finau, if he goes on to win, what does it mean for you? Well, if I were down there enjoying that nice weather, it would mean a lot more. <laughs> Indeed. But no, I mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I'm glad John Rahm went back again. He's showing what a great, high-character player he is by going back to that event. So I, I'm, I applaud him for doing that. It would have been easy to take the weekend off for that one. But, um, you know, no, it doesn't move the needle. I think it does for Tony Finau if he wins just because it gives him some more confidence coming into, coming into some majors. But, yeah, the field's not great, right? No, but, I mean, Tony Finau is playing out of his mind. I mean, he's 13-under he's through – uh, two days. He's getting set to tee off here pretty quickly. I mean, he's regardless of who's in the field. I mean, he would be in contention. I mean, at thirteen under, you there's no way you wouldn't be. And so he's starting to find a little bit of form before he goes off to uh, 
uh, playing the Wells Fargo next week. And so he's going to be looking to get something good under his belt and go out and perform well at what's going to be an elevated event. Uh, give him some confidence. If he comes out with a win, he's going to be one of the favorites going into the Wells Fargo, I think, as well. Just to put into perspective the uh, the type of golfers that are in this field, Golf Week of USA Today, I, I like this site because uh, – you know, they, they, they do some features every single week that are interesting. For example, one of their features that they – every tournament, check out the list of golfers who missed the cut at so-and-so tournament, okay? And uh, <laughs> this list, it, usually it's it's notable names, right? You're Justin Thomas's. oh, my goodness, Dustin Johnson missed the cut, on and on and on each and every week, right? Well, at the uh, Mexico Open, you stop me when you're uh, shocked by some of these names that missed the cut. Kevin Streelman. Kyle Westmoreland, Scott Harrington, and Sean O'Hare. That's um, and Matt Wallace. That's uh, that's their list of the notables that missed the cut at the Mexico Open. So hey, with all due respect to everybody involved, I get that uh, everybody's a professional golfer here, but that's not uh, Rory McIlroy from the Masters, Brian. No, why even publish that? You, you kind of make yourself look really bad doing that. It's just a weak field. Clicks, clicks, um, Brian, is why they publish that. Yeah, clicks. Hey, guess what? We are efforting to have one Taylor Gooch on next week. So, Oh, well, that'd be stay great. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. That'll get a few clicks, right? <laughs> You'd certainly it, hope so. Yeah, it, it should with uh, what's going on with the, the U.S. Open deal and Obviously, uh, with his win down in Adelaide, and, and who knows, maybe uh, maybe another win this week. So, the uh, the live tour. Speaking of Taylor Gucci, is right back in the the mix up in Singapore. We'll talk uh, a little bit more about that. Stadium courses coming to golf. I know we got the the one stadium course, but Bubba Watson has uh, a plan for more. What uh, what does all of that mean? We'll share with you next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Hour number two. Don't forget Ben Lorenz of Oklahoma Golf. The Sooners back-to-back Big 12 champs. Ben Lorenz, he uh, individually won recently, so that's coming up bottom of next hour as well. All of that and more as we roll along. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. <laughs> 